The Jets closed things down yesterday. What were some of the key takeaways? We'll discuss them ahead on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Tuesday, January 11th, 2022. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thank you so much for making this show your first listen each day. And today our episode is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all the latest gambling news and tips through the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. It's a sad day for the Jets franchise. Legendary wide receiver Don Maynard passed away on Monday at 86 years old. Maynard is one of the most iconic players in Jets history, undoubtedly one of the five greatest New York Jets of all time. And you could make an argument that he's the second greatest player in Jets history behind Joe Namath. There are a couple of players who would be in the discussion for that title, but Maynard was up there with practically anybody. He was a member of the franchise from 1960 through 1972. He was part of the one championship team the Jets have ever had, the Super Bowl III team. He was a four-time AFL All-Star, a four-time All-AFL player, and part of the AFL All-Time team. The Jets have retired his number. He, of course, is in the Ring of Honor. Very sad day as Don Maynard passes away at 86 years old. Yesterday was the day the Jets cleaned out their lockers. That's traditionally the day after the season ends. Of course, no playoffs this year for the Jets. Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, and some of the players spoke with the media yesterday. And in all honesty, very little that's said in one of these postseason news conferences is noteworthy. But there were a couple of things that caught my attention. Now, a lot of the stuff is very generic stuff. It's, oh, we've got to get better. We're confident in these players. We feel good about the guys we have in this locker room. You'll hear this from pretty much any NFL team as their season ends, but there were a couple of things that I thought were worth noting. Now, when you come off a 4-13 season, there are one of two things you can do. You can either just admit we weren't good enough this year, or you can try and spin things and make it sound like, oh, we aren't that far away. And in recent years, we've seen points where people in charge of the Jets have tried to spin things. Now, this was not a postseason news conference, but somewhat famously, John Idzik did something like this in his 2014 midseason press conference. And some people think maybe that's the reason he got fired after that season, because usually a general manager does not get fired after two years. Idzik was. And in that press conference, Idzik made a team that had one win at that point at midseason sound like, or at least he tried to claim that that team was close to winning. Or a couple of years back, Chris Johnson, after the 2018 season, after which Todd Bowles was fired and Mike McCagnan was kept on the job, as we found out later, only temporarily, but Mike McCagnan was kept on the job a couple months longer. Chris Johnson, the temporary owner of the Jets, made it sound like the team had a lot of talent and was close and only needed a coaching change. And of course, that was not true. I'll say this for the Jets, and listen, it's not going to make anybody feel better, but we heard the people in charge yesterday, and they were at least honest with things. They were honest that this season was not good enough. 
that the team needs to improve. Joe Douglas even said, I need to do a better job. And the other thing I'll say for them is they put standards on next season. This is one of the things that's annoyed me about the Jets in recent years. And listen, this is not a substitute for a good season. It's not a substitute for wins. But at least we're putting standards on things. Because for years and years and years, we've heard Chris Johnson say it's not about wins and losses. We even heard that a little bit from the Jets this season. And to be fair, there are points, especially when you're at the beginning of a rebuilding process, where you cannot only judge things on wins and losses. You know, you have to set a base of talent. But I think by any objective measure, heading into 2022, I said this a little bit yesterday, we're past the point where the Jets are at the beginning of this rebuilding process. I think there have to be more of a focus on wins and losses next season. And the Jets were open about that. Joe Douglas said it himself. He said the goal next season is to be playing meaningful games in December. There's no way you can head into next season and say the 2022 season will be successful for the Jets if they're out of the playoff race again by October, by Halloween. This team needs to be playing meaningful games in December next season. I think we're entering a year in 2022 where I would not necessarily say Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are on the hot seat. I don't think that it's a playoff or bust kind of mentality heading into this next season. But I also don't think that they're completely safe. If this team goes 4-13 and 13 again, and the young quarterback doesn't improve, and you don't see the roster getting better, I don't think Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are coming back for 2023. There's a difference between being on the hot seat and being completely safe. Heading into 2020, I don't think Sam Darnold's Jets career was necessarily on the line. I don't even think Adam Gase's job was necessarily in great peril. But neither of them could afford a catastrophe season. And the Jets in 2020 had a catastrophe season. And Gase was replaced, and Darnold was replaced. I think that's kind of where the Jets are right now, because we're past the point where we're at the beginning stages of this rebuild. You know, heading into 2019, when Joe Douglas took over the job, it really was not his team. He really inherited Mike McCagnon's team. There was very little he could do to improve the roster. Heading into that first offseason, 2020, Again, he was kind of limited because the Jets had just gone on a big spending spree. They did not have a ton of cap space. They did not have a ton of roster flexibility. There was only so much they could do heading into that offseason. 2021, all right, this was the first offseason Joe Douglas really had to shape the roster, but he still was somewhat limited. The Jets still had a lot of dead money on the books from past bad contracts, and it takes more than one year to build up the roster. To be honest with you, I think Joe Douglas and Robert Sala probably get a little too much grief because I don't think people appreciate enough the constraints they've been under during their respective tenures. Douglas was not in a situation where he could jump right in and make massive strides the way maybe a Mike McCagnin could in 2015 when he inherited a ton of cap space. It was always going to take time, and those first two years were going to be very limited. So really, in many ways, I think year one was 2021 for Joe Douglas. That's just the limitations he was under. And he could he had a chance to make some moves on the margins. He had a chance to bring in a draft class in 2020, which hasn't looked great. And I'm not saying Joe Douglas has done a brilliant job. I'm not saying that I'm sold on him right now. But I am saying that I think sometimes in the losing, it gets frustrating and you lose track of the limitations a guy's working under. Well, you know something? I think a lot of the excuses are gone. And by 2023, the, there will be no more excuses. You know, there's only it's, you can only blame Mike McCagden for so long. This is now Joe Douglas's team, and there need to be big strides in the year ahead. And I'll say this: listen, it doesn't 
matter if he goes out there and does a horrible job this offseason. But I'm at least glad that they're not trying to give you something like, oh, we doubled our win total. Oh, we can see great progress. They at least were honest. They, they were honest. This was not good enough. Joe Douglas said, said to himself, I need to do a better job. Now ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll talk about something else Joe Douglas said that I thought was kind of interesting. And perhaps he gave a little bit more than he intended to. That's ahead here on our show. You know, I just talked about the unusual circumstances Joe Douglas had to deal with his first couple of years on the job. And people think that unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Life changes are exciting, and they usually have tax implications. Maybe you were a full-time employee who decided to freelance, and now you need some advice on how to file as a contractor. Maybe you, maybe you started driving rideshares after your 9-to-5 job. Or maybe you work in one state but live in another, and you need help reporting your income. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experienced experts dedicated to answering all of your tax questions and finding every deduction for you. And you can talk to them from your phone without ever having to leave your house. Whether you got married, had kids, or changed careers, TurboTax Live experts are ready to help you with your unique tax situation and get you the best tax outcome. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax Live to learn more. You do your thing, they've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. Thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen each day. Today we are talking about the season-ending press conferences the Jets had. Yesterday was closeout day. Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, and some of the players spoke to the media. And there's typically not a lot of information that comes out of these season-ending press conferences. A lot of very generic speak, a lot of cliches. But occasionally you get an interesting note or two. And sometimes I think the general manager and the coach maybe try and speak in cliches, but they give you a little bit more information than they intended to. And I think Joe Douglas may have done this yesterday with one thing he mentioned as the Jets look forward to the offseason. He talked a bit about all of the early picks the Jets have. Now, the Jets have two of the top 10 picks and four of the top 40 picks in the upcoming NFL draft. Two of those picks are their own, but they also acquired the 10th overall pick from Seattle in the Jamal Adams trade and the 38th overall pick from Carolina in the Sam Darnold trade. And Douglas mentioned that this could help the Jets get active in the trade market. The quote was, the good thing is moving forward, we can be in just about any discussion when it comes to player trades. And that's kind of new for the Jets. The Jets have not been super active in acquiring players via trade in Joe Douglas's tenure. Now, yes, they've acquired some players with late round picks. This year, they traded for Shaq Lawson. A couple years back, they traded for Alex Lewis uh, and... Nate Hairston and Demarius Thomas, but the Jets have not really been involved in any trades involving premium draft picks. And to be honest with you, up to this point, it kind of made sense. There's always a balance building your team. How many resources do you expend trying to acquire premium talent that's already proven in the NFL, but very expensive versus trying to draft and develop players? And I think there is a certain degree of, there's a certain balance to it. The Jets have been kind of a rebuilding team, and they've needed an infusion of young talent. So it hasn't really made sense in recent years, and this is before Joe Douglas's time. But for example, when Khalil Mack became available a few years back, a pass rusher in his prime, a Hall of Fame level player, did it make sense for a team like the Jets that was kind of limited at the time in draft capital and did not have much young talent, did it really make sense to give up two first round picks for Khalil Mack? Probably not. But now we're at a point where you hope the Jets have a base of young talent. The 2021 draft class looks pretty good. You have Bryce Hall. 
You also have a lot of early picks. Again, four of the top 40 picks in this year's NFL draft. And that gives you a little bit more flexibility because you can trade a pick, maybe even two, and you still have an adequate amount of draft capital to invest in trying to find young talent. And I think that this is an interesting opportunity for the Jets. Now, we don't know which players are going to be available on the trade market, but you look at the Jets' cap space this offseason, they're going to be able to be players in free agency. But free agency is always risky in the NFL because the truly great players don't hit free agency typically. Typically, the guys who hit free agency are players with more flaws because the great players typically re-sign with their original team. And there are certain mechanics in the NFL that make this the case. The first is that teams have the franchise tag at their disposal, which they don't have in any other sport. So if you have a great player, you can franchise him and prevent him from hitting the market. And for a two-year window, essentially, that player, if he wants a long-term deal, can only sign with his original team. The other aspect that I think plays a role in this is the NFL is obviously a sport where there are career-altering injuries, which happen regularly. So if a team, your original team, comes to you with an offer for a big-money deal, you're typically going to take it. Now, the premium players who do change teams typically do so through trades because the original team, if they realize they're going to lose a guy, they say, well, you know something, we want to get something in return. We don't want to just let him leave in free agency and get nothing. So you trade him for maybe young players, maybe draft picks. This is the area the Jets can now be involved in because they have this surplus of draft capital. And this is one of the things that the good teams do. They always acquire extra draft picks. And that's kind of the situation the Jets are in, even though the Jets aren't a good team right now. They're in a position where they can trade a pick, again, maybe even two, and they won't deplete their ability to add premium young players through the draft. It's a good position to be in. And, you know, I look at this with four picks in the top 40, and again, it, depends on, it always depends on the player. It always depends on the specifics. You're almost in a situation where it kind of makes sense if there's a premium player who becomes available and it takes, I don't know, maybe the early second round pick or the late second round pick. You know, maybe we can even talk top 10, depending on who the player is. It, if you're looking to find a balanced way to build your team, it probably makes sense to trade one of these players for a proven commodity. Because the guys who are available on the trade market, at least the guys at the very top, in many instances, are better than the guys who are going to be available in free agency. And the other aspect of this is, in free agency, you have to outbid every other team contractually to land a player. When you acquire a player through a trade, typically the cap ramifications are more friendly to your team. Now, yes, you have to give up a draft pick, and draft picks are very valuable in this league. But when you have extra draft picks, it gives you flexibility. And the Jets have put themselves in a good situation here. So they can still add premium young players through the draft, but they can supplement that with maybe a better player than they could get in free agency through a trade. And I think Joe Douglas in his comments yesterday, acknowledge that reality. Now, ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we'll close out our show. There's news. The Jets are going to be very involved in the Senior Bowl this year. We'll talk about that ahead. Now, of course, with these draft picks, the Jets will try to add plenty of players with upside. And today I want to tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about called GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. And use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a, 25, a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars or $300 a month of cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. 
You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Up to 50 cents per gallon in cash back on your first tank. Again, that's promo code TOUCHDOWN on the GetUpside app. You know, Jets fans, we're all looking for an edge these days, and I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving gamblers the edge. Through the playoffs, they're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to make your bets as informed as ever. OnlineGambling.com gives gamblers the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online all day, every day, inspiring every gambler in the world to beat the odds. Don't make emotional decisions with your hard-earned dollars. Make informed decisions with information sourced by experts. And be sure to consult OnlineGambling.com before placing your bets. OnlineGambling.com is on a mission to be the world's most empowering gaming and betting site, giving gamblers the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online all day, every day. OnlineGambling.com is inspiring every gambler in the world to beat the odds. Go to OnlineGambling.com and check out all the latest NFL playoff news and tips on how you can get the edge. Visit the website for NFL tips ahead of the playoffs, and visit the website for all the latest NFL news. Make sure you visit OnlineGambling.com NFL for all the latest gambling news and tips to give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, OnlineGambling.com NFL to make the most out of this year's playoffs. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday. Yesterday, the Jets had their closeout day. Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, along with many of the players, spoke to the media. In the first two segments today, we talked about some of the key takeaways from what Douglas said. However, there was some fairly significant news to come out on Tuesday, and that's the Jets coaching staff will be taking part in the Senior Bowl. They will be coaching one of the two teams. Typically, this honor is bestowed upon the two teams highest in the draft order who are not changing coaching staffs. So Jacksonville has the number one overall pick. They obviously are looking for a new coach. The Lions are, are the other team whose coaching staff will be taking part in the festivities. Now, you might wonder, isn't Houston ahead of the Jets in draft order? Shouldn't their coaching staff be taking part? My assumption is that because the coaching situation is unclear in Houston, at this point, David Culley has not been confirmed that he's returning in 2022. They moved on to the Jets. And I feel like this is probably a slight advantage for the Jets. I think the reason this is part of the reason the NFL gives the coaching staffs of the worst teams who are returning the opportunity to work at the Senior Bowl. They're trying to help out the worst teams in the NFL. This means that for one of the two teams, so for about half of the players attending the Senior Bowl, and the Senior Bowl is the event where the top prospects go, Jets will have a hands-on experience. They'll get to really learn what these guys can do in a way you know, 30 of the other coaching staffs cannot now, is this going to impact who the Jets draft at number four, number 10 overall? You know, probably not. But sometimes you can get a little bit of intel on certain players, and they may be able to help your your decisions on day two or day three. I remember hearing years ago this one story about Sean McDermott. He's the Buffalo head coach now, but he used to be Carolina's defensive coordinator. And he was just watching after practice one day, and he saw Josh Norman make this crazy one-handed catch. And that contributed to the Panthers eventually drafting Josh Norman in the late rounds. And Norman ended up being a really good player. Is it the kind of thing that's going to save you from terrible drafting? No. Is it the type of thing that's going to guarantee you doing really well in the draft? No. But every piece of relevant information you can get helps. And the Jets are going to be able to get a lot of relevant information in the week that they will be coaching up these Senior Bowl prospects. And another kind of interesting note is that the head coach 
is really only going to be in an advisory role this year. So Robert Sala will be there, but it sounds like he's not really going to be running the team. And it sounds like the league wants to give some assistant coaches a chance to show what they can do with greater responsibility. So, you know, maybe Ron Middleton will be running the team that the Jets coaching staff oversees. Maybe we'll be seeing a lot of fourth down going for it the way the Jets did the way the Jets operated when Middleton ran the team against Jacksonville I guess that could be exciting but a little bit of a benefit for the Jets as they will get to work up close with the senior bowl prospects this year as their coaching staff will run on one of the teams anyway that's all for our show today thank you for listening this has been the Locked On Jets podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network as always if you enjoy the show subscribe to it and leave it a good review have a great Tuesday everybody send in your mailbag questions tomorrow is our weekly mailbag